welcome to the Eastside Movement Company podcast. I'm Dr. Anthony Arcido, co-owner of Eastside Movement Company. This podcast, we are going to discuss all things health and wellness, dispel common myths and misconceptions regarding healthcare, and we do it in a way you can actually understand. Hello, welcome to the Eastside Movement Company podcast. I am Dr. Anthony, and today uh, I'm very excited because I have Rachel Wimberly here with me, uh, the co-leader of the Morning Joe's Run Group. Um, so welcome, Rachel. Thank you for having me. I'm very excited to be here. Yeah, we're excited to have you. Um, so uh, tell us just a little bit about your background. Um, you know, who who is Rachel Wimberly? Like, you know, where are you from? Like all that sort of stuff. Okay, when I got this question, I was like, oh, these are some very deep questions. Who am I? Um, <laughs> yeah, down to your core. What are your core beliefs and I know, values? I was, like, <laughs> I was like, I don't know how to answer this question. And if I don't know how to answer it, I'm not sure anybody else does. Um, and do you want like fitnessy stuff or professional stuff or a little bit of everything? A little bit of both. Okay. Yeah, yeah, a little bit of both. So I was born in Austin, Texas, which is one of my like number one points of pride. Um, I use nice. it all the time when people try to give me lip. I moved <laughs> back here a couple of years ago and um, mostly raised in Texas and really, really mostly raised in Arkansas. Uh, lived there through undergrad and then moved to Washington, D.C., and my background, I don't know if anybody else listening or you, like I wasn't really thinking about career when I went to school. Um, and so I had an art history degree nice. with an inf- uh, emphasis on Holocaust art, which surprised there are no Holocaust art museums. Really? Yeah, not in the United States. So I was like, oh, what am I actually going to do with this degree? Um, and so I was, I lived in D.C. and they have the Holocaust Museum and they also have the National Gallery of Art. Nice. And I started volunteering at the Holocaust Museum, trying to figure out what I wanted to do and what I wanted to get my master's in. And I started volunteering, and then just a few months later, I worked there full time. So it just was like perfect timing and a lot of things in my life. Um, And I ended up staying at the Holocaust Museum for 11 years, which is a very long time and a lot longer than I thought I would be there. And I ran the Office of Survivor Affairs, okay. which means I got to hun- hang out with Holocaust survivors. That's cool. It was very cool. Um, it was an amazing job. I'm still very close to a lot of them. That work is very important to me. And at that time, I got my, I'm actually in the graduate program right now, but I got my first, my only master's that's completed at this time um, in museum studies. But while I was doing that, that work is very heavy in a way, obviously, mm-hmm. because you're dealing with a really uh, horrific subject matter. Yeah. And that's when I started kind of dabbling in fitnessy things. Uh, yeah. So I started running um, and I lived right by like the Lincoln Memorial and I was like, this is beautiful. So I would literally run like the thing between like the Lincoln and Arlington Cemetery, the, the bridge. Um, and I started running and then I didn't know what I was doing. I don't even want to know what shoes I was wearing. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I gave myself really bad plantar fasciitis mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because I didn't know what I was doing and I upped my mileage. And I, um, it ended up getting me into yoga nice. as a way to help with that injury. And then it was funny, through a yoga teacher training that I took, because I'm also a yoga teacher, I had my first introduction to like a group run. Yeah. And then a lot came from that. So I started 
I was in a group run, then I took over a group run, and then when I moved here, I kind of started one again. Nice. Um, so I could go on more about that, but there's yoga and running and November project, um, and all of those things have come back and forth in my life multiple times. Nice. And then I moved to Austin um, because I had a sick family member that I needed to come home and take care of, and 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 I plan to never leave. My goal is to currently be buried in the backyard of the house that I'm living yeah, in. Yeah. Nice. Never moving again. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. I can understand that. <laughs> I can understand that. We had to move in December in the pandemic. Oh, wow. And we have a great spot. And mm-hmm. I'm like, this is it. I don't care what anybody else says. Yeah. So we'll see if I can actually pull that off. But yeah, no plans to ever move. Yeah, yeah. Hey, that's good. Yeah, moving moving is not fun, uh, especially when you move across the country as well. And even moving in your own city is kind of a headache, honestly. I don't recommend doing it with a baby during a pandemic, like the day after Christmas. Just Makes at, sense. Just FYI. That's a good, <laughs> that's a good uh, uh, word of advice. <laughs> that's for sure. Um, so you said, so you started off kind of just, just being like, hey, I'm going to just start running. And then you kind of got into group runs. Um, how, like... Like we're so like you liked running clearly, and then like you got into group runs, and you said that kind of changed like your viewpoint of things. Like, like kind of go into that a little bit more. Like, um, yeah, what what kind of like compare and contrast the difference? Like, do you like doing one all the time? Do you like doing the other all the time? A little bit of both. Uh, now I think I respect both, and I yeah. kind of be like, what do I need today? Mm-hmm. But before. So when I was at the museum, I had a job the first couple of years I was there. I was on my feet all the time. Like I would yeah. wear those old school. I'm so old. It was the pedometer you clipped onto your pants. Like, I remember those. Yeah. I would wear a pedometer and I'd have like eight or nine miles at work. Yeah. So I didn't need to think about it. And then when I shifted into the Office of Survivor Affairs, I was sitting a lot more. Mm-hmm. And so for me, when I started those runs that it ended up getting me, giving me planter, it was about like moving my body and just making sure I was like active. Yeah. Um, but I don't think I would have ever thought about, and I think in my mind I was, and it, you can look at the studies, but a lot of people, there's like a barrier after three miles. Like a lot mm-hmm. of people run like three miles or they'll run like five. Yeah. But like past that, a lot of people don't run. Like people Makes who sense. have kind of regular, like, oh, I go run three miles every Thursday. And then mm-hmm. that's kind of it. I think I might've stayed in that. Like, I yeah. don't think I would have ever, I would have never been like, I'm going to go run a race. Yeah. Like, that's crazy. Who would yeah. do such a thing? <laughs> or like run 10 miles. Yeah. And then when I, it was a a friend um, who was in my yoga teacher training and she invited me to come run with her, just a small group, not a big public group, no social media. Um, But she was like, we run. And I came and I ran with this group of women. I want to say there was probably eight of them Mm -hmm. or less. Um, And one, I'm so glad that they were all talking to each other because I was like huffing and puffing and just like so glad that they were talking and I didn't have to talk because I couldn't even talk and run at the same time at that time. But the miles flew by. Yeah. And then they started talking about other aspects of running, and it kind of opened me up to this whole running community and all of the options. You know, you can be a 5K person, you can be an ultra person, you can never run a race, but you can have like a regular group run. Um, and it was the aspect of like, I felt like it was almost like this amazing happy hour before I even went to work when I started doing morning runs with them. Because I would hear about the dates, the kids, who did this, what's going on with work. And then I would go home and take a shower and then I go to work. But I'd mm-hmm. already had this full like social interaction while I was exercising. And it made it the run feel almost effortless because you were catching up with friends. Yeah. And I think I still love that that social aspect of running. 
Oh, 100%. Yeah. 100%. Yeah, because it's like with endurance sports in general, like it can be a very, it can be a lot of solitude. And like there's, there's something nice about that and like freeing. But then also like having the ability to interact with people and have a community with it, like um, maybe gives you some accountability, but also like maybe just like, you can push yourself a little farther to be with people. You can decide like, Hey, like I just want to like hang out and like chat with people and like go on like some easy runs and just like meet up with my friends or talk to people I haven't met before. And I, I like that like aspect of like uh, some of like the endurance groups is like, you can kind of get out of it what you are seeking or what you need at that time. They for sure pulled me in. Like I remember the first time I was like, I ran seven miles. Yeah. And then I very specifically remember we kept running like, eight or under mm-hmm. and then I had a friend I was going through a stressful time and she was like you need to run a half marathon and I was like <laughs> by the way she eventually became a full iron woman oh wow like, so she was in a whole different <laughs> yeah and she was like you need to run a half and I was like I don't know and then she's like hey the rock and roll half is in like nine days and a friend has a bib yeah uh, which we legally moved over mm-hmm. um and <laughs> uh they were like she was like, you should do it. So I actually ran my first half marathon, the rock and roll half in Washington, D.C. Nice. Never run more than eight miles. Wow. Because she was like, do not try to go run like mm-hmm. 10 miles this weekend to see if you can do it. Because I was already within like the taper period. Yeah. Um, and she kind of coached me through it. It was not my PR and it's probably not my best half marathon. Yeah. But it then, I, for sure, I had the bug. Yeah. The minute that race ended, I was like, wait a minute. Yeah. But again, had she not encouraged me and kind of pushed me, I don't think I would have ever, it just wouldn't have occurred to me. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. That makes sense. Cause yeah, like when you're just starting out, cause did you run like in your like adolescent years, teen years? So I, yeah, I kind of skimmed over that part. I am, I was like the president of the art history club in yeah. college. Like yeah. I was a big old art nerd. Nice. Um, and also went to schools that were not sports oriented, yeah. but I did, I like did basketball in elementary school and mm-hmm. like soccer, um, in, in, uh, junior high, but like. No, there was no, like, track and field. My family is not an athletic family. They're a bookish family. Yeah. Um, so, again, <laughs> I think for me, running was much more the mental aspect of... And then the yoga was the same thing. Like, again, because I injured myself and I ended up in yoga, I had tried, like, calmer yoga classes before, and that was not good for my hyperactive brain Mm -hmm. but when I went to a vinyasa class it was that thing where for an hour you're working so hard to move your body in space Mm -hmm. that I was like I did not think about work for a whole hour right because my brain was so I didn't think about anything besides like how do I get my foot over there or over here and running for me is really similar it's like a moving meditation so I think for me it was much more the again I didn't come from an athletic family it was the mental health part when you have like a higher stress job or a job that like again dealt with like a difficult subject matter it was great to go run mm-hmm. for an hour and a half and not think about work yeah yeah oh 100 100 percent. yeah it's it's such a big thing like when i feel like a lot of the uh, during our intake process like a lot of our clients that are uh endurance athletes that's a big thing they say of like why it's important for them to get back to. It's like, Hey, this is a huge way I like de-stress mentally. It's like a big like time where I just can just like let go of everything. So it's like, yeah, it's, it's such a great way to be able to do that. And how, how would you say that's, you know, your, your, maybe your reason for running has maybe evolved over time. Um, or is it still mostly that like mental outlet? I mean, now it's such a, 
apart, I think I would be like those clients you mentioned, like yeah. when I've been injured or mm-hmm. like, for example, I had a child. And so I ran as long into that pregnancy as I could. Yeah. I ran, or technically ran a race in every trimester. And oh, the, wow. But I did the, my final was the turkey trot, which if you know the Austin turkey mm-hmm. trot is not a 5K, it is a five miler. Yeah. <laughs> and I hit the end of that five miler and I was like, and I'm done. Um, both the turkey and I were done. I was yeah. like, no more runs. Um, <laughs> and so <laughs> Bill was going to take it. But, you know, that was a huge thing when I had my kid is it wasn't the like bounce back body pressure. It was mm-hmm. like, I need to get back to running because like it's such a like I can tell that I'm not really it's like I would say it's it like helps battle depression and a lot of other things for me like I am a much happier person when I can go be active and be outdoors for a little bit so I think those base reasons still remain but now it's like before I didn't know I needed it so maybe that's the shift yeah now I've been doing it for close to I guess 10 years it's it's like I would have to find another outlet. Like I would have to mm-hmm. pick up something else because I have it, it's it's like how I function. Yeah, yeah. It's just so integrated as a part of your yeah. life at this point. Yeah, I 100% agree. And my wife and I have talked about that because as I, we talked before we started recording is like we just had our, our baby at um, August 30th um, of this year. Uh, and both of us are very much like active people. Um, we both do different things. Um, but it's... A big part of like how we mentally distress but also like a part of our lives and then for both of us you know it's community as well like you know we've met a lot of friends through those like sort of activities so it's hard to figure that out when you have a child of like there's almost like I felt like almost like this fear like I'm like I almost like became manic about like working out again because I'm like if I don't keep working out like I'm just gonna lose all this part of my life that I've had before and so like I almost like overcompensated like the first couple weeks like I was like super tired and I was like I gotta like fit in a workout now she's sleeping and I would just be like exhausted Uh, (laughs) because I was like almost like afraid to lose that Um, it's interesting how that like changes with a child because it's like you have this aspect of your life that's very important but it's also not like necessary to continue to like live and like survive in a way yeah 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 I think, you know, for me, when I kind of started to come back, the timeline postpartum is also right when COVID hit. Oh, yeah. And so that was weird because all the run groups were canceled and everything was on hold anyway. Um, but I actually ended up giving myself, it's so funny, I've only had it twice in my life, but it's going to sound like on this, on this that it happens all the time. I had another planner injury. Yeah. And it wasn't even from running. It was like I was walking so much. Yeah. Um, but for me, like, that's what I would do is put him in the stroller and I would go for a walk yeah. because I had to be up. Like I was like, well, COVID did not help. And at the time right. I lived in 700 square feet with three humans and two dogs, <laughs> but I'd be like, I have to like, I need that part of myself. Yeah. Um, but I definitely mourned the loss. You know, I would go see all my friends running together mm-hmm. and I couldn't go. Yeah. Um, and that's hard. Oh yeah. Yeah. And then when you have a kid, because again, COVID, Mm -hmm. they're not vaccinated. Yeah. Even if I could go, I was like, I have, you have to be the responsible, or I, you know, I was like, I have to be the responsible parent. Right. Yeah. Oh, oh, a hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. Cause there were so many, much unknowns like at that time Mm -hmm. and like, so how's it been like essentially getting back? So you said he's two now? He's almost two. Almost two. So like how, how has that transition been now? Like the last like few months to like year? It's been really good. So again, I had that like 
it's like kind of funny when I, I am a big like fate and I can get real woo woo, but like I kind of feel like that planner entry was like it's not time yet. Yeah. Hold your horses. Mm-hmm. So I had to rehab from that, and I mean I had to I had to have like a procedure done on my foot. It wasn't like a minor thing. It actually had ripped. Yeah. And um, so that kind of like put a pause on me. Actually, they put me in a boot. Mm-hmm. I thought I was gonna lose my mind in my house during COVID working fully virtual and um so that helped and I literally had to kind of do couch to 5k or I actually yeah. I still have the playlist on Spotify I call it couch to 50k um, <laughs> couch to 50k because I want to go back to an ultra nice. and um but you know it was smart I did like a very I like it, it made me go all the way back to basics and I also I didn't mention this but again I was like so many fantasy things but like I'm an RRCA coach and so I know a lot about how to come back, but it's hard to coach yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I did it smart and slow nice. um, and came back and then started thinking about what I wanted to do. Um, but then I, and then as things got better with COVID, I was able to bring back my running group. So that was a huge thing. Nice. Um, and I really protect that time. Like that mm-hmm. is sacred time for me on Tuesday mornings. Um, and it, and I founded the Joes, but my running partner and life partner and father of my child, Andrew, um, it's so funny, like he loves to go too, but we always were together and mm-hmm. now we can't co-lead at the same time because yeah. one of us is with the child that's still asleep in the crib. Right. Um, and I laugh, he has not gotten to go very much this year because I was training for the New York City Marathon. Mm-hmm. And so that also that run became one of my like key training runs for the week. Makes um, sense. Because again, when you're a parent, like I can't go run every day. Yeah. Um. It just it just doesn't work with our lives right now. Mm-hmm. So I had to like be very conscious about like the four days that I could fit in. Um. But it's a great way again if you have friends who have children or not or don't have kids. Running in the morning, everybody's kind of the same, right? So yeah. it's not like I gotta go because I gotta go pick up a kid for mm-hmm. school or. It's not like their bath time. And so for me, it, it like makes me feel like Rachel again. It's like that part of me that pre-existed and it also encompasses who I am now. Yeah. Um, but, um, and again, it's such a funny, like weird timing, but I feel like I kind of was able to come back right as the world started to come back. Nice. So nice. It, it worked out well. Yeah. 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 That's good. Yeah. And that's, and that's like the cool thing about it is like, I feel like, so, so like with, restarting wait so did you start the morning joes after the pandemic no or during well i guess we're still we're still in it yeah yeah so before (laughs) so the joes just had their fourth birthday and the joes has a very interesting origin story if you want to hear it we do yeah absolutely so in i mentioned before I was in a, like a small, I don't even know if I call it, it's like a running group, but it was like a friend group. Yeah. Right. In DC and we would run and then we started having these runs they were on Tuesdays and Thursdays and we would run through the national zoo. It was nice. the coolest thing. You can't do it anymore. They, it's a long story, but they closed it to yeah. runners in the morning. I actually was one of the people that went to the board meeting and yelled and battled <laughs> to have it open. It was a lot, like a whole other lifetime ago, but, um, the friend who had invited me had to kind of slowly, she couldn't run as much anymore. So she was like, do you want to take this over? So I kind of inherited this small group. And then it was that thing where there's just a natural, I don't know if atrophy is the right word, but you do lose runners because life happens, injury happens. And so we kind of dwindled a little bit and I was like, I need to rebuild this up because it is, it's like accountability. And like, 
I don't, it's like cold in DC. Like, I don't yeah. get up <laughs> and get out of bed when it's 20 degrees if no one's waiting on the street corner for right. me, right? So I started to kind of build it up. And then my, it's actually funny, a friend and I moved in together as roommates, and he also led a real big group on Saturday. So we became like the run group house. Mm-hmm. So I led groups, and he led a group, and we all kind of come, like merged. And it was a huge part of my life. And when I moved to Austin, I was really sad to lose that pretty much running family. Mm-hmm. And so when I moved here, I kind of kept looking for that group. And I live in South Austin. I would like drive up in rush hour to the ready to run run. And I would try all mm-hmm. the running groups. Um, and never quite found my home, but I was like, you know, testing them out. And I don't know if you remember, there used to be a Luke's Locker downtown, mm-hmm. and they had a popular Tuesday morning run because yeah. they gave out tacos. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then they went out of business, and there was kind of this void, and there was like maybe less than 10 of us who had kind of stuck around and we would run, mm-hmm. um, but it wasn't like an official run. Um, and I don't know if you remember, but in like 2017 in the fall, like August, September, there were multiple... Um, attacks on female runners mm-hmm. in Austin and there was a fear that it was like a serial like the same person yeah but a female was um, like he literally tried to take her off of the like I think the Austin high track at six in the morning oh my gosh. and then there was another attack on the trail mm-hmm. early morning um, and it was actually so bad that like you could run with the Austin SWAT team yeah they would come down certain days of the week and you could go run with them around the lake because if you were a female yeah. It's really scary time to run. So mm-hmm. this little group of us that were like maybe 10 who had kind of hung out, had stayed after the Luke's Locker thing, one of them was my friend and she said, well, I can't run with y'all anymore mm-hmm. because she was a slower runner. And she's yeah. like, I'm alone behind y'all on the trail and it is not safe. Yeah. And it had started me thinking and I had kept thinking about wanting to bring back my Tuesday, Thursday morning runs and this other group had kind of dwindled. And so I was like, this is the time. Yeah. So that's when the Joes started, and yeah. it was actually during the guy had not been caught yeah. when I started the Joes, and so if you actually ever look now, other group, a few other groups too, but we were real weird mm-hmm. when we started because we had a set route, so yeah. the route doesn't change, mm-hmm. and the reason was because we would start at Joes on South Congress, and we would literally run to the Capitol where there were police officers. Yeah. Obviously, there was police officers on the Capitol grounds, mm-hmm. and we would run back. And if you ever come on this run, it's as wide of sidewalks as I could find because if you think about Congress they're really wide Mm -hmm. and it's as well lit as I could find so you can never guarantee runner safety but I had scouted a lot of locations in town and different coffee shops and trying to figure out I was like this is the safest option I can think of and it's an out and back nice so if you're slower or faster we're all gonna still pass each other and you should end up and I actually would ask that runners have like a buddy Mm-hmm. And if you were not running, like if you were like running and then running to work, you had to tell me. So yeah. I really, and we started small, but I wanted to make sure like everybody who left came back. That makes sense. So it was all kind of safety oriented. And then within like a month of us starting, he got caught. Yeah. And then it was funny. I was like, hey, do y'all want a different route? And people were like, no. So it's very funny. <laughs> like even now we're like the route is static. And mm-hmm. now there's a few other groups to do it, but people love yeah. to like try to bomb up south congress at the end and see if they've gotten any faster yeah and we've added like people add mileage um Mm -hmm. but it was really started with this very specific incident yeah um as the catalyst and again it had been brewing in my mind and it was something i wanted to do but it's something we come back to a lot in town is like runner safety makes sense yeah because it's uh austin i've noticed like i've moved here from like colorado 
and I lived in the Midwest and like I've noticed Austin isn't a very like well lit city um like we live just right over here in like Windsor Park and our neighborhood's super dark at night like there's only like a couple street lights like it's not it's not very well lit so it's hard to find those spots yeah and well neighborhoods are yeah the neighborhood lighting is not great like yeah. my neighborhood is dark yeah. and I love running the lake but the lake trail is really dark in yeah. the morning around um Town Lake if you've been here forever or Lady Bird mm-hmm. Lake if you're newer um so that that was where we were running and like you need headlamps and it you but as a female if you're running alone there's a lot of foliage and it is yeah. just you just cannot you don't know if someone's behind something mm-hmm. or anything like that so again I mean we just had an incident a couple of weeks ago where someone tried to grab one of the runners like it still yeah. happens so you can't guarantee safety but mm-hmm. it's as safe as a route as I've been able to figure out yeah that makes yeah. sense yeah because it's it's very well lit like you have the capital and like even because what time do you guys start running again? we start at 6 a.m yeah. and we also have pace group leaders nice so and we are a rarity so i've been told um kind of we have pace group leaders from about seven minutes to about 12. nice so it's not just the faster groups yeah. um and so we try to make sure there's some kind of accountability and like if you're new and you don't want to get lost and i try to remind them too like if you need to pull over to use the restroom or tie your shoe like it's okay to ask a runner to stay with you mm-hmm. because in our group if someone's rude to you you just come tell run mom and then we'll have a conversation <laughs> but i never have to have those conversations because if you're there you're kind of you're yeah. you're invested in the safety of everybody else makes sense yeah um in in how how has the group grown over time like is it gone in like waves or is it just like kind of just now it's like oh my gosh we have it's you know really big. <laughs> yeah it's really big last week i was like I keep forgetting the new zoom out feature on my iPhone Yeah. and Andrew is a photographer and he's like, you have to zoom out because I am now having to stand in Congress, like in the road mm-hmm. to get the group in. And I'm like, I'm going to get to awesome. my car. <laughs> that, so, that part's not that, great, that, but yeah. like having to the like, group, yeah, the yeah. group. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, I would say we have five or six new people every week. Um, it has like, I'm sure there's like a few dips in, but if I yeah. look and we try to take photos every week. Mm-hmm. It's definitely like just a natural rise. Yeah. Um, I think our first run had like, I'd have to go back and look at the photo. I think there's like 12 of us or something. Yeah. Um, and it helped that I had my November project community to be like, hey, to, to advertise mm-hmm. the first run and kind of that's who was there. Yeah. Um, but now it's kind of taken on a life of its own. And it was like actually that thing, like you have to like set your baby free. But like when I had my child, mm-hmm. Andrew and I were on like maternity and paternity leave, that group did just like, it, yeah. it now has its like system set up where if, if I didn't show up, it will run just fine. Yeah. Um, because we've empowered, we have these pace group leaders and kind of sub leaders. Yeah. Um, they like know exactly what's going on. They take it from there. And I think, the growth is probably really should be attributed to a lot of the regulars and the pace group leaders because people will message me and say like, I had the best time or I was Mm -hmm. treated this way and I didn't even get to speak to them. It was the pace group leader that was with them the whole time. Because you can't, no human can be with the seven minute to the 12 minute all at the same time. Exactly. Exactly. Um, and I think the other thing is I had learned from November project. And again, now a lot of people have really good social Mm-hmm. Though when we started, a lot of run groups didn't have like big social media presence. Yeah, for sure. And I honestly think taking fun photos in front of the I Love You So Much mural mm-hmm. just kept 
like people kept tagging and people kept sharing and I would say that's the number one way people find us yeah yeah but again now it's much more like a flooded market but I think being kind of on the forefront of that at least in Austin like four plus years ago helped us get going and now a lot of it's word of mouth and then social media yeah and that's a big thing is like as you get going like and people are like oh this is a really great group and then you get more of those same types yeah. of people that are looking for that it's like awesome we keep having like couple of weeks it's like i want to say i don't count but i want to say it's like between 50 and 70 runners holy crap and i'm like <laughs> that is amazing like i'm like squeeze 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 and it's yeah. dark so i can only like you can't even see some of the people on the periphery and it is it's it's that it it it's the personality of the group and the runners and the whole thing so our ha- our like tagline hashtag whatever you want to call it yeah is all faces all paces and yeah. we there's always work to be done in 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 re- like regarding inclusivity but like this is a no shame run like yeah there are there's no like throwing down on paces mm-hmm. um and again we have some amazing fast pretty much elite runners um and we have run walkers and everything yeah. in between and everybody treats everybody evenly and equally um and so i think a lot of people come and then they bring their friends because yeah. they had such like a warm welcome that's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. It very much reminds me, I, I uh, ride with this group called Breakfast Club, and um, they are very, it's like very similar to that. You have like people that are like very elite cyclists, and you have people that are like, I haven't ridden a bike in like 20 years. And then like, but everybody can all get together, and everybody has a good time, and it's like a very welcoming community. And it's always like, it's fun to see like all these different types of people like interact that like might not ever yeah. interact like yeah. otherwise, you know? Um, it's, it's just really cool. We actually have quite a few breakfast clubbers. Now. Oh yeah, I was gonna yeah. I was gonna say the Strava. Like I see a few like people like popping up in there well, and everything like that. We ask people to share their name. So if you're ever mm-hmm. gonna come, don't yeah. get nervous. But I always trickle my share. You gotta say your name. Yeah. Which we would all like to know. And then we do ask like if you have a fun running fact. Yeah. So some people say like why they're training or a very common running fact is that they hate running or they yeah. hate early mornings. <laughs> but it's funny. We've had a lot of breakfast club people and they're like, I'm a cyclist. This is like my run for the week or whatever. Yeah. It's very fun. And like, so, but it's funny. Breakfast club brings other breakfast club. Yeah. Because they're like, Oh, come to this run. Mm-hmm. Right. And now runners are like, man, I want to go check out breakfast club. Yeah. 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 Cause I know we were introduced through like November project, but I actually first heard about you. Cause I saw a few people like on Strava, like post like morning Joe's yeah. run. And I'm like, oh, that's interesting. And yeah. then, like, I've seen, like, a few more and a few more and a few more, like, each week. Cyclists are my – they're so funny when they come to runs. Like, they're just, like – they kind of hate it, but they know they should do it mm-hmm. or they want it. Anyway, they, they just make me laugh. They're so funny. Oh, yeah. It's uh, it's funny. Like, I'll – I go in spurts of running, and, like, right now I'm, like, kind of in more of a running thing. But we, like, hung out at Fleet Feet for their Friday morning run, mm-hmm. and I'm like, this looks like fun. I need to run. Like, like this looks like a blast. <laughs> well, we do a lot with them. Yeah. Um, and Fleet Feet's been really supportive. We also have mm-hmm. great support from the local running stores yeah. in town. And there's – Austin's a very – I think Austin is one of the most – I feel like people don't know it's like one of the most amazing running cities in the country, yeah. in my opinion. Oh my gosh, and yeah. And there's so much love between groups and there's so much support. And, you know, for me, I'm always like, if this isn't the group for you, like, talk to me. Like, what are you mm-hmm. looking for? Because there are groups that are really about speed, there are mm-hmm. runs that are about no drop, there are very social runs. There's the Eastside Beer Runner, so you can go, it's running in beer. Like, there's something for everyone here if you keep looking. So, who, so, piggybacking off that like who would you say like morning joe's like mostly attracts or who would you say that like 
yeah, it does really well in the group, you know, if that makes sense. It's so hard because now we're, and here's the thing about numbers. It's mm. not about like, oh, I want to have like the largest run group in town on a weekday or whatever. Um, it's the, for me, I love the size because the, in a way, and it, and it does make it harder. There's some negatives, of course, you can't connect mm. with everybody, but there's, for me, the larger the group, the higher the probability that someone else will be that person's pace. Yeah. Because for me, my whole goal, like it started for safety, but I think the reason I have even become a run leader in DC is like, when I would go to like run groups at some of the running stores, like people didn't look like me. Mm-hmm. I'm not, I didn't run in like college. I'm not an elite runner. I'm not a fast runner. I was in a bigger body then. And like, they would just take off and that was it. Um, and I think, so it's so interesting to me. I feel like the growth I've seen, like the people who talk to me that like make my heart just full mm-hmm. are people who went to other runs and had the same experience where they're like, I showed up, they didn't say where we were going and they kind of took off and I mm-hmm. couldn't keep up. Yeah. And I left. Yeah. And I, that makes me so sad because I want people to know that running is for everybody mm-hmm. and it, and it ebbs and flows. It might be yeah. here at this time of your life and you don't also have to run. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But if you want to come try it, I want you to feel running's hard enough. Just running. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, it's like really true. Getting, getting your ass out of bed when it's cold and going somewhere strange where you don't know anybody. And then like having to like, propel your body through space and time for a period of time is already hard enough. So like feeling uncomfortable shouldn't add to that. Right. So for me, it's very much about making it accommodating and open so that Mm -hmm. you can find what you need. Having said that, it's so funny. So that would say like maybe what we like, we don't use, I hate to use the word slow. So we like call it sexy pace. Um, (laughs) Like that. (laughs) um, So I would feel like that might be an area that we get a lot of newer runners, but Mm -hmm. we also have like some really, really, competitive fast runners yeah and they also get what they need there so it's hard for me to say because we're kind of this it's a spectrum and again I think it depends on who invited you there and who Mm -hmm. is your kind of your pace leader and who are you around yeah Um, but I think for me the the ones that made me the proudest are the ones who are like I didn't feel comfortable anywhere else oh yeah and I probably know I always tell, tell my regulars I'm so sorry but like I'm gonna give you the route every single Tuesday yeah because someone in that group has never been before. For sure. Um, so the people who've been coming for four plus years are like, here she goes. They yeah. get the same <laughs> joke. They get the same route. Um, but like, that's just the price they have to pay, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. That makes sense. It's it's really um, interesting, like that you say, like with the um, the run groups and like approachability, because I think it's it's very much like that for like swimming, like you know, cycling, I mean, really anything as an adult that you're trying to get into, like, it's hard because a lot of the people that are still into it, like in their late twenties or thirties have been doing it for a while. So they're really good at it. And so it's hard to like, just like be like, I want to start running and then feel like you can find somewhere that like you can start off and then grow within that group. So it's really cool that you guys are doing that because I think that that's, it's such a huge thing. Cause like approachability is you know, it's, I feel like it's just the biggest barrier for entry for a lot of people. And it's like, you know, it just prevents them from ever even doing it in the first place. Like it just leads to inaction because you're like, well, maybe I need to get faster before I join this group or like, you know, I have to do all these other things before, before I actually show up. And it's like, no, just show up. Like, it'll be fine. Like there'll be someone there. Like that'll be your speed. And like, you know, maybe your experience level and that sort of thing. Like it doesn't matter. Like, and that's cool. That's really cool to hear. Like, I really appreciate like 
you guys doing that because I think that's something that means a lot to me um, as somebody who is either starting off in something or you know trying to break down barriers between like people a little bit more. I think it comes from a and we can we may want to transition on, but I was like thinking like I think a lot of it comes because again I was like hurt myself running, then mm-hmm. became a yoga teacher. Yeah. Then have kind of simultaneously run and done yoga. I like to joke that I'm mediocre at both because they don't <laughs> they don't really they complement each other, but they also in a way like sometimes my hamstrings are too loose, sometimes they're too tight. Um, yeah. But in yoga it's all about holding a space mm-hmm. like that's all you talk right like because you can't do the practice for the person you're just trying to hold the space so you mm-hmm. want a yoga environment where it's the same thing that also like having to go in front of a room of people in spandex and put your butt in the air is also difficult mm-hmm. so like how do you hold the space and i think that i had been teaching yoga for a long time and that had been my mentality so when i started a run group it was the same kind of thing like how do i I often think of like myself as like Violet Parr in The Incredibles. Like, how do I make this dome of mm-hmm. like this place is safe and yeah. shame free and it's whatever you need it to be? And like yeah. that's impossible to do, but it's mm-hmm. the goal. Yeah. Oh, for sure, a hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. We like one. We have done our core values in the last few months, and one of our big ones is like bridge the gap. It's like be that like person that's like in the community. Like that's a very appro- approachability is a big thing because yeah. I think a lot of times people will just not do something because they don't feel like it is approachable to begin with or that person isn't approachable to that group or what have you so it's it's uh that's great to hear i like that hold the space as well that's that's a really good way to like put it um but anyway so on on back to you uh in particular so what are so like do you have any like particular like run goals now for 2022 i know you said like maybe an ultra like again when you were like here's some questions i might ask i was like Oh no! Yeah. <laughs> like, do you know what I should do? Because I'm trying to figure it out. And I was I actually did a track workout with our friend Maria yesterday, mm-hmm. and I was telling her, like, I, I don't, I don't know. So, yeah. you know, I I just did the New York City Marathon. And it was nice. my first race post baby, first race post. I mean, we're still in COVID, but like post vaccine and a lot of changes. Mm-hmm. And um, I had a really great training cycle. And I was like pretty hopeful, but I was trying not to add pressure. And it was my slowest marathon I've ever run. Yeah. Um, yeah. And at the same time, it was like not a badly executed race for me. Yeah. Um, but I was just reminded of like, you got to have respect for that distance because mm-hmm. it is so hard. Like, for sure. How did I forget how hard it is? Um, so it's put me in this mindset where I for sure am so grateful to be able to run the 50th New York City Marathon. But I'm like ready to be off the road for a minute. So yeah. I, I'm much more trail person. And I also, as a less speedy runner, I joke like my 5K pace and my 50K pace are actually <laughs> quite similar, which is why when I see my very fast friends like crush a 5K, I'm like, I wouldn't even be in my like, I would just be warming up. Like, yeah. I, it's just not me. Um, so I'm thinking there's a, it's like an interesting distance, but there's a 42 miler with J and J, the J and J in March. Yeah. Um, 
I'm like debating and I'll have yeah. to make a decision soon because that's a lot of miles to train for. Um, but I, I told all my friends because Maria was like, she also was like tempting me. Like, yeah. we could do this. We, and I'm like, yeah. I'm not doing training <laughs> in December. <laughs> like I need like that mental break. Yeah. I mean, but I am running. Um, and I think training for New York reminded me how much I love. The training cycle is what I love. That's where you for connect sure. with your friends and mm-hmm. that's where you kind of have to dig deep. And then the race is just the... The kind of the result of the training cycle. Yeah. But I'm thinking, I'm, I really want to do a trail ultra. I'm just trying nice. to figure out, as we talked about, though, when you have a child and your partner is also a runner or a fitness person, mm-hmm. or now, like, who's doing what race when? Yeah. So that we can be there and be fully supportive. Because, like, we used to have a joke, even actually before we had him, we tried not to run the same races because, yeah. like, you can't even crew that person. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're having those, like, I've never had to sit down and plan out my race calendar like that. I used to just be much more like fly by the seat of my pants or just like race everything. Yeah, right. And I'm like, no. So I'm thinking a trail ultra in the spring. Nice, nice. Yeah, yeah that'd be awesome. And have you done one before or would this be the first one? No, I have okay. done one okay. before. Okay, um, okay. And I've never, 50K is kind of my farthest and I had a, I've done relay ultra, so ultra miles but broken up. Um so I, I don't think I, this is like I used to, I used to talk so much crap about marathon runners. I'm like, <laughs> I'm never running a marathon. And now I've done kind of a few. Um, but I don't think I'll ever go past 50 miles. Yeah. I don't feel, I like, I think that's, I love the 50K. I think it's mm-hmm. so much fun. Um, and there are a lot of 50Ks. And then it kind of like, sometimes there's like a 60 and then that usually pops up to close to 50 miles. Yeah. So I think somewhere in there. Yeah. Um, but I love ultras. I love trail running community mm-hmm. and ultra like trail runners are the best to me because yeah. they, they just, they're like, are you okay? Like everybody checks on each other. Yeah, it's it's a very different mentality than like all of you running as fast as you can on the streets of a city. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I'm Makes ready sense. for that. And also like the food at the aid station. So it's like real fun times yeah (laughs) Yeah. hey you gotta fall in love with the little things and fall in love with the process too like you know that's that's cool to hear you're like okay it's like it's more about the training cycle than you know the actual race itself because i mean that's the outcome is never guaranteed you know like he's just said like i had a great training cycle and it was a slow marathon but it's training cycle like you did the work and it's like Ideally, the outcome comes, but sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes it doesn't. And also, like, we had a great situation for New York, but, like, sometimes the weather or your food or, you know, like, Mm -hmm. there's so many things that can happen on race day that I've tried to remove that pressure. And I had some training runs that I, like, training runs are hard when you're alone and you're trying to do, like, 20 miles and it Mm -hmm. is not going well. Like, that's where the mental, for me, so much of running is mental. It's usually not my body that gives out. It's my space where I'm like I can't do this anymore so yeah um those training runs to me are the that are so important because that's where I learn a lot oh for sure 100 percent. yeah you see like whatever your training like run ride is going to be that day and it's like yeah I always start off I'm like I'm not going to be able to finish this every every time every single time (laughs) five days what I do I do three like trainer rides a week every time I load it up I'm like no way I'm going to finish this and then just mentally you expand like what you think is like possible um (laughs) I do a lot of breakdowns so I'm like I had one training I had one 20 miler I think it was 20 or 
was my AB 18 and it was rough. Yeah. And it was in the heat of Texas, but I did a thing where I'm like, you have a Joe's run left. Yeah. Could you do a Joe's run right now? Yeah, you mm-hmm. could do a Joe's run, but it'd suck, but you're going to like, I have to start breaking it down. I'm like, oh, it's only from Congress to here. Like, yeah. Because yeah. if you, it's like, how do you eat an elephant mm-hmm. one bite at a time? Because if you think about all 20 miles at the beginning, you're just like, Mm-hmm. It's never gonna happen. A hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. I did a um, hundred and ten mile ride a couple weeks ago, and it had a ton of climbing. And then, like at first, I'm like, oh my god, I have hundred and eight miles to go. Like I'm gonna die. <laughs> and then eventually, I'm like, okay, like let's get over this one. Let's get over this one. Let's get one thing at a time. And then that, like at least mentally, like it's an acceptable amount of like challenge. You know, right. and it's like you're just focusing on that little bit versus. When you like start getting to the big bit, you all of a sudden you're like, I just gotta stop. <laughs> like, That's why like ultras and stuff because you're like, I just you just think about from that aid station to the next aid That's, station, yeah. right? And then so it's almost like I need to tape over my watch. I don't need to think mm-hmm. about what I have left. Yeah. Because man, when you start thinking about that mileage in your head, it's so easy to go down like a real negative spiral. Hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah, I like that. So yeah, sometimes like I love all the data and stuff that like we can get nowadays. But sometimes it's like, I just shut off my heart rate, like shut off my watch. I'm like, I'm just going to go off feel. Cause like, that's what I used to do back in the day. And it's like, that did me fine. Cause sometimes it like almost overwhelms you because you're like, Oh man, my heart rate's too high. And we're only a mile in and we have 20 miles to go. (laughs) I'm like, can I, I keep actually, I've been like Googling it. Can I turn off this thing? Cause I'm like, Yes, I know I'm about to have a heart attack. Quit yeah. telling me. <laughs> yeah. Like, I feel fine. But, like, my heart rate thing goes off constantly. And I'm like, yeah. it's not even my... I'm like, don't... Just... I, I'm okay. I will be Unless right. I'm actually having a stroke, please do not be. Yeah. Um, so, where can people find out more about Morning Joe's? When... When's the run? All that sort of stuff. I, yeah. know I said it earlier, yes. but... So, the... Morning Joe's is the Morning Joe's, like just mm-hmm. one word on Instagram. We also have Facebook. Um, it's also like the Morning Joe's at gmail.com if you have questions. Um, and I'm Rachel Fury um, on Instagram. That's a really good way to get a hold of me. We run every Tuesday morning at 6 a.m. Our base route is four miles, it's an out and back. Um, again, talking kind of about that safety. So we. Um, you can shorten it really easy if you want like three and it, you can also add on a lot of people do six um, and then we hang out at the Joe's if you don't have to run to work they open at seven and so a lot of us get like coffee and they can be a little social aspect before you have to run to work um, we're part of the Austin Runners Club so that's a really other good way to find us and other run groups in town um, the only time we cancel a run is like generally in Texas because we don't get a lot of snow and ice knock on wood last February yeah. um, <laughs> we don't get a lot of that kind of inclement weather but the only time we'll cancel is when we have active lightning yeah, yeah. okay and okay. so we'll post but we other than that be like if you run on holiday do you run when it's cold it's like we are do you run in the rain oh yeah yeah um, and we for sure take a lot of photos when we run in the rain so you can brag on social media Absolutely. that you were running in the rain in the dark before work 100 percent. yeah yeah, um, you have to. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I'm always like, well, we joke. If, if it's not on Strava or Instagram, did it happen? I say that all the time. I'm like, well, it's not on your Strava, so I can't believe it. <laughs> <laughs> we have a Strava group, but we have all those things. But our Instagram is the best way because we have all the links on there. Yeah, okay, awesome, awesome. And one thing that came into my mind, parking down there, can they, like, Tons parking on? Okay. Oh, because, again, for my November project days, I yeah. was like, again, I thought a lot about this, mm-hmm. but 
there's a ton of free parking. Back end parking on Congress, if that makes you nervous, there's a ton of side street parking. But okay. it's all free down there. Um, yeah. Yeah. Awesome. It's all, but yeah, you're, I, I often include parking yeah. in the like, emails that's and the smart. reminders. Because yeah. people have parking anxiety, yeah. especially in mm-hmm. Austin. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah. that's like one of those like barriers, right? Like people are like, oh, do I have to park somewhere? Like can I pay for Especially like down by um, Sea Home. That area is like, I'm always like. It is, that is difficult. And actually, that's where the old Luke's Locker was. Yeah, okay. And yeah, so that's parking right. was an issue. And actually, mm-hmm. when I was looking, people thought I picked Joe's because I live in South Austin. And I was like, no, I actually had looked at, now actually, I think all of them are gone. But I had looked at the different Austin Javas. Yeah. And different places. And the thing about downtown is like, it's just the parking is so prohibitive. And we're, we still get a lot of downtown runners and we get a lot of visiting runners because we're actually one of the most centrally located yeah. groups um for our weekly run fleet feeds um now has theirs on friday and that's mm-hmm. also another close one but parking's a little more challenging yeah um but yeah i for sure have dealt with a lot of the parking anxiety questions yeah so joe's has a lot of parking nice awesome yeah Awesome. Um, well, thank you so much for coming on. Really appreciate it. It was a really great conversation. Uh, enjoyed chatting with you. Thank you so much for having me. Of course. Before we go, I wanted to thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed the episode and would like to help support the podcast, take a screenshot and tag us on Instagram at Eastside Movement Co. To stay up to date on all the latest from us, sign up for our newsletter on our website eastsidemovement.com or give us a follow on Instagram at eastsidemovementco. Thank you again for listening.